the latest evidence of Biden's DOJ and Biden's FBI persecuting Trump and you and me. Also, by some miracle, Steve Kirsch got to share the truth about how dangerous the COVID vaccines are on Fox News. It's all in this edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 213 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2022. Now, just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most political politicians refuse to mention. And yes, August 8th, 2022, the date of the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago is a date that will go down in infamy. So this really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right, now, that having been said, let me get to some of the audio. There's a lot to unpack here. We will get to the miracle of Steve Kirsch uh, seemingly blindsiding Brian Kilmeade filling in for Dr. Carlson, telling the truth about how dangerous the COVID vaccines are. We will get to that. But first, let's deal with some of this audio here. Okay, first of all, big credit, big ups to Newsmax, talking to an anti-Trump protester in front of Trump Tower. Now, this one goes by quickly, about 19 seconds, so listen fast. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? A former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? Oh, provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. They cut him off on the word talking. I'm done talking. A president has performed so many provable criminal acts. Okay, what are the provable criminal acts? Uh, approval criminal. Uh, I'm done talking. They're so stupid. They're so stupid. They can't get. <laughs> As a good friend of mine, Scott Gray, who used to own a radio station, said uh, liberals, you know, it's hard enough to get them from point A to point B. There's no way in the world you get them to point C. Can't be done. Can't be done. Biden regime is sweating it. What does Kamala Harris do when the applause stops? Now, her first line in this clip, she gets applause, and then nothing after that. This work will mean more jobs, more job security, and better pay. Now, I don't know what she's talking about. She's in front of a bunch of uh, union posters, but she gets polite applause on this. 
The president and my vision for the future also means lowering costs for Americans. Today we learned that last month our economy had 0% inflation. In July, we saw a drop. Well, you notice no applause because they know she's lying. They're feeling the pain just like everybody else. 0% inflation last month? Inflation is up 8.5% year over year. In July, we saw a drop in gas prices and a range of other goods like clothing and airfares and household appliances, which means that you're ignoring groceries. More money in the pockets of working families. Combined with the fact that our nation created more than half a million jobs last month, it is clear that our nation is making progress. Most of those jobs are people already working, taking on second and third jobs. No more applause from a friendly audience of Democrats, mostly union members. That's got to bother her. Oh, wait a minute. She's not that bright. And nothing bothers her. Nothing bothers her. Uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray, who lied to the Senate Judiciary Committee last week saying, hey, you know, it's one thirty, and we agreed the hearing is going to be over at one thirty because I have to catch a plane. Senator Chuck Grassley said, well, it's your own private government jet. I mean, what's a No, no, remember, we agreed. I got to catch a plane. Turns out he wanted to uh, start his weekend a day and a half early, right? That's what that was about. Anyway, on Wednesday, August 10th, every time I use that word anyway, reminds my wife of Rickles. Anyway, I gave him a cookie and it went away. Uh, Wednesday, August 10th, Christopher Ray doing a press conference. And uh, a so-called journalist lobs one in underhanded. Former President Trump is raising the prospect of agents planning evidence in the FBI search of his residence in Colorado, sending his lawyer's name from the letter of the search. Can you address that particularly as many of the Trump supporters online fishing folks call to arms and threats against your agents in flood of the search? Well, as I'm sure you can appreciate, that's not something that I can talk about, so I'd refer you to the department. Um, as to the issue of threats, um, I will say that I'm always concerned about violence and threats of violence against law enforcement, uh, and that is a topic that I have been talking about frequently, uh, including earlier today with law enforcement partners here in Nebraska and yesterday with law enforcement partners in Iowa and Illinois, uh, and any threats made against law enforcement, including the men and women of the FBI, uh, as with any law enforcement agency, are, are deplorable and dangerous. But not threats against pregnancy resource centers and not threats against Supreme Court justices. He was arguing to the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. You gotta, gotta be careful about, uh, for people's First Amendment rights to protest in front of Supreme Court justices' houses, even though, you know, it's, it's against federal law. 
Notice he uh, called people threatening FBI agents deplorables. I wonder where that came from. I haven't seen anybody threatening FBI agents. But I'm sure he wants people to think that's going on. No question about it. Megan Kelly. Remember Megan Kelly? Used to be on Fox News and left to go to NBC. Um, and the fix was in to get rid of her pretty quickly. Right? Remember, remember how NBC got rid of Megan Kelly? It's because she said that when she was a kid, Halloween trick-or-treating, if a little white girl's idol or favorite entertainer was Diana Ross, she'd want to look like Diana Ross, you know? And nothing racist about wanting to do that. And so that was all she wrote. And so NBC got rid of Megyn Kelly. I think she walked out with $25 million, so she's not really hurting. But you remember the um, Jane Pauley on CBS Sunday morning did a hit job on Megyn Kelly implying that she was a racist and how horrible blackface was. But, you know, the weird thing is Jane Pauley didn't talk about any of the liberals over the years who have done blackface, like Ted Danson, Billy Crystal, Robert Downey Jr., Joy Behar. Somehow that uh, that didn't come up. Remember all that? Anyway, so since Megyn Kelly has a lot of money now, she does her own video podcast and comments on the news. And so she's not buying the official explanation about the raid on... uh, Mar-a-Lago, any more than anybody else with any sense is buying it. And so I had to bleep out, you know, one obscenity. A lot of people talk that way, but we don't talk that way on the Doc Washburn show. Had to bleep out one obscenity. But uh, the point she's making is uh, pretty much right on. There is no way that's what they were searching for. There's no way. I watched all the coverage last night. I've I've read everything, and I read Andy McCarthy this morning, who, as it turns out, agrees with me. I agree with him. He's a former top prosecutor, former assistant U.S. attorney. Uh, And he says the same thing. This is about January 6th. If you believe this is about classified documents having to do with bullshit Trump took with him when he left office, your head is in the sky. This is about January 6th and the never-ending desire to get Donald Trump on something. They don't want him to run for election again. They're mad he did not get convicted on the first or the second impeachment. They're mad that he did not get pursued criminally by the New York DA. They are mad that Russiagate fell apart. And they are mad that he's leading in the polls. He's crushing DeSantis. His, his candidates of choice all made it into office, virtually all of them last week. And they are prepared to unleash hell. The Democrats play dirty. And Merrick Garland is very clearly willing to go along with that. He's been moving in the concentric circles toward Donald Trump over the past several weeks, going after his top advisors, 
uh, subpoenaing them. You know, we've seen close Trump advisors in handcuffs dragged away as if they're as if they're mobsters. This is this is really getting alarming. And the American public deserves answers. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I'm going to have one of those close uh, Trump advisors on my show um, next week. Uh, Jeff Clark. Scheduled to be on the show on the 18th. He was um, a very close Trump advisor. He was the... I want to make sure I get... um, his exact title, right? He was U.S. Assistant Attorney General for the Environmental, for the Environment and Natural Resources Division. Also, U.S. Assistant Attorney General for the Civil Division, acting U.S. Attorney, U.S. Assistant Attorney General for the Civil Division of the DOJ. Jeffrey Clark scheduled to be on the Doc Washburn Show a week from today. And we'll talk about how the FBI mistreated him. Uh, uh, we don't pull any punches. If you're looking for a show that will play patty cake with uh, Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell, you got the wrong show. We don't pull any punches here. Okay? So, you know, I noticed... That um, Mr. Clark was also following me on Twitter, and it's always a shock for me because I'm just a guy. If I may uh, channel my inner Norm McDonald, if I may uh, quote the late great Norm, I'm just a guy. So when I see somebody who is like a big deal in the news actually following me on Twitter, I'm like, wow. What did I do to deserve that? So I reached out to him. I said, sir, uh, it's such an honor that you're following me, and um, um, I would be honored if you ever want to come on my program. And he's like, well, sure. Here, here. Um, you know, email my schedule. And oh, oh, yeah, sure. So, um, so that's next Thursday. And looking forward to that. Now, um, Megyn Kelly said she agrees with Andy McCarthy's article from Tuesday morning. You know, Andy McCarthy was the U.S. attorney, assistant U.S. attorney for uh, New York City who took down the blind Sheikh Abdul Rahman and his merry crew, his merry band of jihadists who tried to blow up the World Trade Center in 1993. And Andy McCarthy wrote a bunch of books. And um, the late, great Rush Limbaugh hardly ever interviewed anybody. He interviewed Andy McCarthy more than once. And I was honored on at least one occasion, maybe two occasions, to have Andy on within 24 hours of Rush interviewing him. And then, last couple of years, been kind of disappointed sometimes when Andy would try to give Merrick Garland the benefit of the doubt or whatever and uh, would not quite see it that the election was stolen from Trump, that sort of thing. Very disappointing. 
And so there, there was a liberal who used to call my uh, local radio talk show in Little Rock, Arkansas, who would start, who started reading Andy McCarthy, and he'd call up, hey, Doc, hey, I don't understand. Do you see Andy McCarthy's uh, new uh, new article? I really think you ought to look at it, Doc. You know, because you like Andy McCarthy, right? <laughs> so, uh, Andy McCarthy's latest New York Post is entitled Trump Raid Not About Classified Documents. It's about January 6th. Okay. Since Megyn Kelly brought it up, let's see what Brother McCarthy says. The court authorized search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate is another unmistakable signal that the Justice Department is trying to build a criminal case against him arising out of the Capitol riot. The Capitol riot was basically a lot of feds trying to create a riot. And some Trump supporters fighting back in self-defense against rogue cops. But anyway, McCarthy continues. He says, Ostensibly, the search relates to a long-simmering dispute between the former president and the government over Trump's Potentially illegal retention and mishandling of classified information, but don't be deceived. National Archives officials alerted the Justice Department months ago regarding missing records and possible classified information violations. That owes to the chaotic atmosphere in which the Trump family decamped to Florida from the White House following the Capitol riot, his words, not mine, with impeachment proceedings and even talk of removing Trump from office under the 25th Amendment then underway. Reportedly, about 15 boxes of records were removed from the White House and shipped to Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives subsequently explained that much of the material should have been kept in the government's possession pursuant to the Presidential Records Act. After extensive negotiations, Trump agreed to return some of the materials in January 2022 upon receipt. National Archives officials advised the Justice Department that the returned materials included classified information. If true, that raises several issues. If Trump had not declassified these materials, oh, he did. He did. But, but just wait. If Trump had not declassified these materials while he was president, then his continuing possession of them in a non-secure location was probably illegal. He did. He declassified. While presidents have unilateral authority to declassify intelligence, they only maintain that authority while in office. It may not be exercised in the post-presidency. The returned documents were thus potentially evidence of crimes. In addition, since it is believed Trump did not return everything that was shipped out of the White House in those hectic days of January 2021, there was significant reason to suspect he continued to retain classified information in Mar-a-Lago. 
One of the potential violations under Section 2071 of the Federal Penal Code includes in its penalty provisions that upon conviction, a defendant shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. The ongoing proceedings implicating Trump, in particular the Justice Department's investigation and the House Judiciary and the House January 6th committee probe seem geared toward undermining his capacity to seek the presidency again in 2024. Obviously, then, there's speculation that DOJ may be mobilizing now in order to trigger the Section 2071 disqualification. He says, I doubt that the Justice Department well knows that the qualifications for a presidential candidate are set out in the Constitution. They may not be altered by statute precisely because the framers did not want the executive branch to be dominated by the legislature, as would happen if Congress could disqualify incumbent or potential presidents simply by passing a law. The Constitution's qualifications for the presidency are minimal. One must be over 35 years old, a natural-born citizen. Being a felon is not a disqualification, so even crimes potentially far more serious than mishandling classified information are not a bar to seeking the presidency. Moreover, the Constitution also prescribes the basis for disqualifying a person from seeking the presidency or other federal office, conviction by the Senate on an impeachment article voted by the House, Again, what is prescribed by the Constitution may not be altered by a mere statute. To trigger disqualification, Congress would have to impeach and convict Trump. It cannot be done by criminal prosecution. Justice Department obviously used the potential classified information as a pretext to obtain a warrant so it could search for what it is really looking for, evidence that would tie Trump to a capital riot offense, either a violent crime, such as seditious conspiracy to forcibly attack a government installation, which is highly unlikely, or a nonviolent crime, such as conspiracy to obstruct the January 6th joint session of Congress to count electoral votes, or conspiracy to defraud the government. As previously explained, I believe it would be foolhardy for the Biden Justice Department to indict a former president on such debatable nonviolent crime charges. That is especially so when it comes to a former president who could be the 2024 Republican nominee, since such charges would fuel the perception that Democrats are using the Justice Department as a political weapon. You think? You think, Brother McCarthy? Is it possible that that perception might be out there already, sir? But he continues. That being said, let's assume Attorney General Merrick Garland contemplates bringing such conspiracy charges against Trump. If so, DOJ would need to prove that Trump clearly knew that the 2020 election was not stolen by fraud, yet willfully persisted in deceptive schemes to prevent Congress from counting the state-certified votes that would establish Biden's victory. Oh, 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 oh! 
If they indict him on something like this, discovery is not going to go well for the Attorney General. Clearly knew it was not stolen by fraud. Hey, you ever seen 2,000 mules? We clearly know it was stolen by fraud. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Andy McCarthy says, this is why in recent weeks the Justice Department has aggressively sought evidence from advisors close to Trump. Here we go. In June, it executed search warrants on both former Justice Department attorney Jeffrey Clark, who sought to help Trump convince contested states of the false premise that DOJ believed Biden's victory might be fraudulent. It's not a false premise, Andy. You're smarter than that. Come on. And constitutional law scholar John Eastman, architect of the legal strategy by which Trump unsuccessfully sought to persuade then-Vice President Mike Pence to discount electoral votes from key states won by Biden. He didn't win them, Andy. You know he stole it. You know he did. You're not this stupid. Anyway, McCarthy continues. He says about a week ago, DOJ issued grand jury subpoenas to Trump White House counsel Pat Cipollone and Cipollone's deputy, Patrick Philbin, who were aware of and reportedly pushed back against Trump's schemes to undo the election result. It's nothing about undoing the election result, sir. It wasn't an election result. It was stolen, and you know it. He says the Biden Justice Department is under enormous pressure from the Democratic base to indict Trump and is straining to deliver what they want. But what it is trying to deliver is a capital riot case, not a case of mishandling classified documents. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. There's no question that's what they're trying to do. All right, I've got a lot more. I've got a lot of really mainstream folks really normal, down-to-earth, mainstream folks saying the FBI is totally corrupt and it must be abolished. Must be. We've got a lot more. And again, the miracle of Steve Kirsch actually getting on Fox News on the Tucker Carlson show with Ryan Kilmeade filling in and dropping the dime on the COVID vaccines. It was a wonder to behold I can't believe Kill Me didn't try to cut him off. It was amazing. But let me just say thank you to our friends, our advertisers, for making it possible for us to do what we do five times a week. Thank you so much, starting with my good buddy Mitch Ward at Red River. Your way. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. 
You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. 4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thank you once again to our friends, our advertisers, Mitch Ward, RedRiverYourWay.com, and Jonathan Presswood, financial advisor at Edward Jones. We really appreciate you guys for making it possible for us to do what we do here five times a week. All right, uh, John Solomon. John Solomon, for uh, for years, wrote for uh, TheHill.com. And for the last two or three years, he's got his own site now, JustTheNews.com. And John, John Solomon talking about the fact that the same judge who signed off the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago, recused himself six weeks ago, said he could not be impartial, okay, 
He could not be an impartial judge in Donald Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. Did you realize? Did you realize that Donald Trump is suing Hillary Clinton for manufacturing the uh, the Russia collusion hoax? You realize that? Let me take you back to last week. FBI Director Christopher Wray from the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing Republican Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, asking him if he agreed that the Russian collusion situation was a hoax, yes or no question. He said, well, I wouldn't use that term. No, I, don't, I want a yes or no question. I want a yes or no answer. Well, I wouldn't use the term hoax. Are you awake yet? Are you paying attention? Here's John Solomon. Why Magistrate Reinhardt recused himself? He said he could not be impartial as a judge presiding over a lawsuit by Donald Trump against Hillary Clinton. That was six weeks before he then turned around and signed a search warrant for President Trump, a man who before he was a judge, the year before he was a judge, openly criticized the president on social media. Tonight, I talked to Mike Davis, the lawyer that used to vet all the judges for Senator Grassley and the Judiciary Committee. He said his group is considering preparing a judicial ethics complaint against this magistrate. That's right. And there's a longer article at justinnews.com about this. But I wanted to get the audio out there for you. From John Solomon at justinnews.com. Now, earlier when I was sharing Andrew McCarthy's New York Post article, and he was speculating about did Trump declassify all this stuff or not before, you know, before he left office January 20th. And I was telling you, oh, oh, yeah, 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 he did. Cash Patel. Cash Patel. He worked in the Trump administration after working for Devin Nunes. Okay. He served as chief of staff for the acting U.S. Secretary of Defense under President Trump there at the end, at the end of the first term. Cash Patel on Benny Johnson's video podcast rips the lid off the declassification scandal. Grab hold of something. Here we go. What happened was President Trump substituted me in to be his representative at the National Archives because we did this big declass at the end of the Trump administration. And his cronies actually bureaucratically stopped the declassification process, if you believed it. The commander-in-chief said declassified to this mountain of documents, and he walked out, and his cronies were like, well, we're not going to exactly do that. So now we're in this fight, and people think I can just walk down to the National Archives and, like, throw it in my, you know, uh, my backpack and walk out. I'm working on it, and, of course, the bureaucracy is getting in the way, but that's not going to stop us. I will be going to the National Archives in the coming weeks. I will be identifying those documents, and I will be demanding that they be released because they are already declassified. The reason they're not released is because they show more corruption at the FBI and DOJ, just like we showed uh, during our Russiagate investigation when Devin and I had. What Devin and I have always said, the American public has only seen 60% of what we've been able to see. Wow. So just imagine that. 60% and you have the biggest criminal scandal in U.S. history. Why, why won't they release the other 40%? The same reason they didn't want to release the first 60%. It shows corruption at the highest levels. It shows politicization. 
It shows political enemies using the intelligence system and law enforcement to prosecute a political vendetta, which should never be allowed. Should never be allowed. Using Justice Department to prosecute a political vendetta, which should never be allowed. I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're awake. You know, when I say the Doc Washer Show talks about stuff that all too often regular talk shows are afraid to talk about, I'm not kidding. Now, sometimes it's afraid of, they're, ta- they're afraid to talk about it, and sometimes it's just they don't spend enough time on show prep. They, they don't even know what to talk about, you know? I'm just saying. Now, I am not a big fan of Judge Andrew Napolitano, Okay? And that's a whole nother show why. But doggone. When somebody says something that is true, it's kind of difficult. I mean, when you got a really good quote, even from somebody that you're not that big a fan of, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of tough to avoid sharing it, and he is just dead on the money on this one. Judge Andrew Napolitano, and I'm trying to remember what show he was on. I, I wish I could give credit to what show he was on because it looks like a, a real grainy uh, camera image, you know, like he doesn't have all the lights on or something and is doing Skype or Zoom or, or something like that. If I can find out what show he was on, I'll share it with you. Any, anyway, here is, uh, they call him Judge Knapp. Scott Perry, a Republican congressman from Pennsylvania, was driving his car on the highway with his wife and one of his children. Two SUVs sort of pushed him over to the side, cutting him off and preventing him from leaving. Gets out and said, what the hell is this? There were three FBI agents. They said, Congressman Perry, we have a search warrant for your cell phone. Give us your cell phone right there in a public street in front of his wife and child. Same thing happened to John Eastman. You may know that name. John Eastman is the constitutional law scholar, former law school dean, former lawyer to former President Trump. They had a search warrant for his cell phone. They stopped him as he was walking out of a restaurant. This this is a new level of Gestapo-like tactics. When the FBI stops you in a public street, particularly when you're represented by a lawyer, as John Eastman was, and particularly when you're a member of Congress and you have what's called the speech and debate clause to protect you, whatever is in Congressman Perry's cell phone, if it pertains to his work as a member of Congress, is absolutely protected from scrutiny by the FBI, but they have it. From my experience, it is unfair to blame the FBI directly because every FBI agent works for at least one federal prosecutor. The federal prosecutors direct them where to go and what to do. Is this a new breed of federal prosecutor that's having FBI agents hand people warrants in public streets and take property off their persons? That's Gestapo-like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's absolutely what it is. So I, you know, I saw that it was on TikTok. No wonder I, I couldn't figure out what show he was on. Maybe, maybe he's got his own uh, TikTok channel. I don't know. I don't know. 
I just noticed uh, Twitter put something out saying there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election, according to fact checkers and cybersecurity officials. So I tagged them with 2,000 mules. Anyway. Um, so that's uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano on TikTok. And, um, yeah, that's like Gestapo. You stop a former federal official who's represented by counsel just on the street and say, give me your phone? Really? Really? The great Jack Posobiec over at Human Events. They're going to claim this is over classified material. And I stayed up last night until 3 in the morning, working my sources, working the chain. Did President Biden know about this? You better believe he did. President Biden and Chief of Staff Ron Klain found out about this while Biden was in quarantine for COVID. He's still in quarantine for COVID. Chris Ray signed off on it, the FBI director, but it's really being driven by Attorney General Merrick Garland. Garland is seeking an indictment of former President Trump. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to foot stomp it. A.G. Merrick Garland, Biden's attorney general, is seeking an indictment of President Trump. Why? You'd have to ask him. Personally, I think it's a revenge. I think that he, he is working out some deep-seated revenge fantasies that he has because he views the right in general as being the ones that blocked him from getting what he always wanted. Like Gollum's ring, he wanted that seat on the Supreme Court. And he doesn't care what he has to burn down to get revenge on the people that he believes took it from him or denied it to him. There you go. The great Jack Posobiec over humanevents.com. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Now, there is a particularly odious fellow. Um, this is less than 30 seconds long. Stephen Colbert. I, I don't have to pronounce his name correctly. Stephen Colbert. Over on CBS. Um, he comes on after the local news. Uh, in the time slot, Letterman used to come on. See, Letterman was funny. Stephen Colbert is not. It may be hot outside, but in here, it's Christmas. Because <laughs> yesterday, we all got the present we wanted. FBI agents raided Mar-a-Lago. That's the most beautiful sentence America has ever produced. It's right up there with we put cheese inside the crust. Now, why is Gutfeld smacking him around on the ratings so bad? Why is Gutfeld, the late night comedy show on Fox, just burying Stephen Colbert? Not to mention burying Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. Do you realize that? Fox has a late-night comedy show, Fox News Channel, that is just crushing the late-night supposedly comedy shows on ABC, NBC, and this knucklehead you just heard on CBS. Just crushing them. Gee, I wonder why. 
You remember back when um, there were people like uh, David Letterman and Jay Leno and even before Johnny Carson? And they just did funny stuff. Now you got all these political idiots on. And so Fox News Channel puts on Greg Gutfeld up against him and just just crushes him in the ratings. I wonder why. I can't call it, fam. I think it's pretty cool. Julie Kelly. The great Julie Kelly. I've read uh, a, a number of her pieces for you out of American Greatness. Julie Kelly was on last night with uh, Laura Ingram on Fox News. I don't watch much of Fox News. We, my wife and I stopped watching it altogether for quite a while after the election was stolen. But sometimes I come across um, stuff online, you know, clips when they actually do something right. And so, you know, when I come across something like that, I will definitely definitely share it with you. And so, you know, kudos to uh, Laura Ingram for having Julie Kelly come on her show. Um, because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure for Laura Ingram not to have people like Julie Kelly on her show. And, and wait till a little bit later, we have Steve Kirsch getting the truth out about the horrible vaccines. You know, I was fired for not getting the jab. The horrible vaccines on Fox because uh, you know, Fox is pretty much pro-vaccine by and large. They still have this, um, this doctor who comes on a regular basis acting like the vaccines are wonderful, you know, on their daytime shows. Yeah, Fox is pretty, pretty officially pro-vaccine. So we'll get that a little bit. But anyway, um, Julie Kelly on with Laura Ingram talking about uh, the raid of Mar-a-Lago and the January 6th defendants. And it went something like this. Julie Kelly is a senior writer at American Greatness. She's the author of January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War of Terror Against the Political Right. Julie, um, just speaking out at this point isn't enough, is it? Republicans Mm -mm. have to get organized and start defunding these agencies until there's true accountability. They really do, Laura. I mean, we have 850 Americans who have had their homes raided in front of their children, dozens of armed FBI agents beating down their door with battering rams, arresting them in front of their children, in front of their elderly spouses, hauling them off to jail. Some of them have been in jail for 14, 15, 16 months, denied bail. This is pretrial detention ordered by this Justice Department. While the same prosecutors delay their trials, some men could be in jail almost two years on nonviolent offenses for January 6th. This is a political persecution by a vengeful, abusive DOJ. And the Republicans need to speak out not just for what's happening to President Trump, and his associates and people around him, 
but for the hundreds of Americans who have had their lives destroyed by this DOJ because they showed up to the Capitol on January 6th to support Donald Trump and protest the election of Joe Biden. Well, Julie, I want to play a moment um, from CNN today, and this is Pamela Brown. Watch this. We have learned that a federal magistrate, the judge that some media is referring to as the judge that signed off on the warrant, has actually removed contact information, uh, the information where he lives, on a website, Wolf, because it has gotten so bad, because the violent rhetoric has been ratcheted up so much on the pro-Trump Internet following that search. So, Julie, it's, they have to remove information from the Internet. The last time I checked, they did nothing with Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh was, uh, it had his life threatened. You know, the media just got off that story real fast. Not only that, Laura, Chris Ray told the Senate Judiciary Committee last week the reason why they have not arrested one abortion activist protesting outside the homes of Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, some organizations putting Amy Coney Barrett's children's names and the name of their schools online, one organization offering bounties to people who work in D.C. restaurants to spot uh, one of the conservative justices and then have people go publicly harass and intimidate them. Chris Ray said, we, well, we have to be careful about First Amendment protections. You know, it has to be like a violent act. Um, and so now uh, here we are. Now suddenly the media and Democrats mm-hmm. are worried about threats against judges. I mean, the hypocrisy just never ends when it comes no. to the DOJ and the media. Julie, thank you for staying on all of these stories for us. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And by the way, uh, I got to share with you her latest column. At American Greatness. Um, it is a wonder to behold. Uh, first of all, thank you once again to our friends, our advertisers, for making it possible for us to do what we do here. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, Eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar? Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thanks again, my friends and doctors, Dr. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree, 
for making it possible for us to do what we do here. Uh, Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, they're the real deal. Been a big help to me and my wife and a lot of people that we know. Okay, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. All right, uh, the Tweet of the Day is a response to a Paul Begala, former Clinton crony. The late great Maharishi always referred to him as the forehead, Paul Begala. He's out there saying, my friend Hillary Clinton testified for 11 hours under oath before a GOP-controlled House committee. You know what she never did? Take the fifth. He's trying to get a jab in at Trump there for taking the fifth uh, in a, uh, a state case in New York. So somebody responding to Paul Begala said, um, hashtag Clinton crime family. Links to a CNN article, Clinton IT staffer pleads the fifth 125 consecutive times. Thanks again, Mitch Ward and the crew at RedRiverYourWay.com. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom. To buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door. Anywhere in the continental United States. All right, let's see what uh, Julie Kelly's latest is. Julie Kelly over in American Greatness. And this is a story that's kind of been percolating under the radar for a lot of people. But it's a big deal. Articles entitled... The Scandal of the Secret Service's Deleted Texts. She says, Before and during Donald Trump's time in the White House, powerful federal agencies aligned to sabotage his candidacy and then his presidency. Once trusted entities such as the FBI, the intelligence community, and even parts of the U.S. military have burned their credibility by advancing their missions to instead try to end Trump's political career. Does this include the Secret Service? Unfortunately, the scandal over deleted texts related to January 6th demands the question. Last month, the Inspector General for the Department of Homeland Security, the agency that houses the Secret Service, officially informed Congress that text messages the office sought as part of his investigation into the Capitol protest were gone. Dr. Joseph Kafari wrote on July 13th, and I quote, The department notified us that many U.S. Secret Service text messages from January 5th and 6th, 2021 were erased as part of a device replacement program. The U.S. Secret Service erased those text messages after the Office of the Inspector General requested records of electronic communications from U.S. Secret Service. 
as part of our evaluation of events at the Capitol on January 6th, unquote. And, of course, that was an investigation that Kufari launched in February of 2021. Kufari, Inspector General Homeland Security, a Trump appointee, addressed his letter to the Senate and House Homeland Security Committees. The chair of House Homeland Security Committee is Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat, Mississippi, who also heads the January 6th Select Committee. On January 16, 2021, congressional Democrats instructed Homeland Security and other key federal agency agencies to retain all records involving the events of January 6th. 11 days later, texts on cell phones used by multiple Secret Service officials and agents on duty on January 6th were erased. A Secret Service spokesman indignantly downplayed the news. Anthony Guglielmi, communications director for the Secret Service, wrote in the statement on July 14th, quote, the insinuation that the Secret Service maliciously deleted text messages following a request is false, unquote. Mobile devices were reset. The factory settings, January 27, 2021, as a result of a, quote, system migration, unquote, in the works for three months. Guglielmi insisted, quote, DHS... Office Inspector General requests electronic communications for the first time of February 26, 2021, after the migration was well underway, unquote. A few days later, he admitted the texts probably were not recover- recoverable. Despite Guglielmi's spin, congressional leaders had already asked Homeland Security officials to produce all documents and materials that refer or relate to events that could or ultimately did transpire on January 6th before the OIG, Kufari, opened his inquiry. The devices were evidence in a congressional investigation failing to archive backups of phones belonging to any DHS employee, even remotely tied to what happened on January 6th, is highly highly suspect if not a federal offense. And the purge did not happen while Trump or his Homeland Security chief were in charge. No, no. Between Congress' first request for DHS to retain all records associated with January 6th and the cell phone reset January 27th, Joe Biden got sworn in. Which means the deletions happened on his watch. David Pikowski, Biden's current director of the Transportation Safety Administration and a Trump holdover, temporarily served as DHS chief from January 20 until February 2, 2021, when Alejandro Mayorkas was confirmed by the Senate. So Joe Biden's homeland security is thwarting the internal January 6 investigation Inspector General Kufari warned congressional Democrats at least twice of the department's non-cooperation. 
Yeah. This is um this is deep. Kufari wrote in a semi-annual report released September 2021, quote, During the reporting period, the department significantly delayed OIG's access to department records, thereby impeding the progress of OIG's review of the January 6th events at the Capitol. The department repeatedly suggested that OIG might not have a, a, a right of access to the records sought, but during the months-long period in which access was delayed, the department did not cite any legal authority that would have justified withholding the information, unquote. A follow-up report published March 2022 again warned that, quote, access to Secret Service records is impeding the progress of our January 6, 2021 review, unquote. Benny Thompson probably, oh, Benny Thompson presumably received both reports. Why didn't he act? Turns out the controversy reaches the highest levels of the Secret Service in Washington, D.C. To expand his investigation last summer, Inspector General Kufari specifically asked, Homeland Security for all text messages sent or received by 24 Secret Service officials between December 7th, 2020 and January 8th, 2021. These were not random low-level agents. The list includes James Murray, Director of the Secret Service, who just delayed his new gig at Snapchat to remain in the position as the scandal escalates, and Robert Engel, head of Trump's detail. The trove presumably would contain thousands of messages and perhaps hundreds just in January 5th and 6th. But in response to a subpoena by the January 6th Select Committee, the Secret Service revealed a bombshell. They could only find one text. Yeah. The agency... then informed the committee that it did not have any further records responsive to DHS OIG's request for text messages, but will research whether such texts are recoverable. So to recap, Joe Biden's DHS allowed a purge of Secret Service cell phone data without mandating and archiving content. That's number one. Number two, is stonewalling an internal investigation into what Joe Biden insists is a terrorist attack comparable to 9-11, and number three, now shrugs off the fact that texts from 24 Secret Service employees, including the head of agency, over a crucial one-month period might be gone for good. Given those revelations, one would assume the January 6th committee and House Democrats would be livid at DHS officials and calling for heads to roll. Well, they are livid, but they they want the uh, DHS OIG Kufari's head to roll. Just a few days after Kufari announced a criminal probe into the missing text, Benny Thompson and U.S. Representative Carolyn Maloney, New York, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, asked for Kufari's resignation for failing to, quote, inform Congress of this serious and flagrant violation of federal records laws, unquote.
In a follow-up letter, August 1st, Thompson and Maloney accused Scufari of, quote, secretly abandoning efforts, unquote, to collect the missing texts, an allegation that defies logic since Scufari is the official who first publicly exposed the scandal. Nevertheless, Benny Thompson, Carolyn Maloney, asked Scufari again to, quote, Step aside from this matter and for a new IG to be appointed in light of revelations that you had failed to keep Congress informed of your inability to obtain key information from the Secret Service, unquote. Biden reportedly is considering ousting Kufari from his post. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters last week that, quote, we're looking at the facts and the situation it is being investigated, unquote. Kufari, for now, is standing his ground, but it appears Secret Service is attempting an end around to further frustrate his investigation. The agency reportedly turned over the cell phone numbers of the 24 Secret Service agents in question to both the January 6th committee and the Justice Department in violation of a stand-down order by Kufari's office not to interfere in its ongoing criminal inquiry. So why the subterfuge? Will the text finally explain why Kamala Harris, under Secret Service protection at the time, went to the Democrat National Committee headquarters the morning of January 6th, the same place where a pipe bomb allegedly was found that afternoon? How did agents miss the explosive during a security sweep of the premises before she arrived? How did agents not locate the device for more than an hour while Harris remained in the building until law enforcement allegedly found it? Would the public find out why the Secret Service made the decision to return Trump to the White House after his speech at the Ellipse against his wishes? Would testimony by former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson particularly claims that Trump attempted to carjack his own presidential vehicle and strangle Robert Engel that afternoon be debunked? Would the mystery of Vice President Mike Pence's exact whereabouts be solved? As the chaos unfolded that afternoon, what exactly did the Secret Service do? And if the situation was so dangerous, why didn't they evacuate Trump from the White House? Were agents involved in the evacuation of top congressional leaders, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, to Fort McNair around 3 p.m. on January 6th? Communications between Secret Service brass and agents in charge of protecting Trump, Harris, Pence, and Joe Biden that day? Almost certainly answer most, if not all, of those questions. And it's the Biden regime and Democrats, not Trump, not the DHS OIG he nominated, Joseph Kafari, concealing the truth. Indeed it is. Once again, the great Julie Kelly on the scandal of the Secret Service's deleted texts. Now, there's a lot going on. There's a lot more going on. The great Victor Davis Hanson, with an article, FBI RIP. The great Kyle Scheidler, for the rule of law to reign, the Bureau must be destroyed. The great Andy Biggs, 
Joe Biden's FBI raid crossed the Rubicon. There's so much. There's so much I wish I could get to. Over at the uh, the Foreign Desk by Lisa Daftari, the Foreign Desk of Just the News, U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce E. Reinhardt cited a law requiring judges to be impartial as reason for recusing social posts criticizing Trump emerges. That's the guy who six weeks later authorized a Mar-a-Lago search. So much. FBI delivers subpoenas to several Pennsylvania Republican lawmakers. You don't think they're going after, you don't think the DOJ has been politicized? Over compactmag.com. Harvey Silverglate, the article entitled simply Abolish the FBI. Michael Anton at compactmag.com with the article, they can't let him back in, showing a picture of Donald Trump. Yeah, there's so much. But I tell you what I do have to fit into, because I promised I would. What I have to fit into this episode of the Doc Washburn Show, Steve Kirsch's new le- newsletter over at Substack, Steve Kirsch, his latest missive over there entitled, Mainstream Media Claims My Statements Today on Fox News Were False. Want to bet? Subtitle. If the fact checkers are so sure that the statements I made were false, there's a million dollars that it's waiting for them to claim. Will any of them take it? No way. Executive summary. He said someone had to go on Fox News and tell the truth about the vaccines. So on August 10th at 5.35 p.m., I took my shot. Now, that clearly must be Pacific time because he was on the Tucker Carlson show, Brian Kilmeade filling in. So that would have been 7.35 p.m. Central or 8.35 p.m. Eastern. He says, I explained just how dangerous the vaccines are, including the hundreds of thousands who have died and the millions who have been injured. After I recited the stats from Wayne Allen Root's wedding, which were subsequently validated in other surveys, the host, Brian Kilmeade, said, we can't verify those numbers. So I offered Fox the opportunity to verify my numbers. I'll let you know what happens next. He says, links to the video. Here's where you can watch the video and read the comments. Okay, so the entire clip from start to finish of Steve Kirsch on with Brian Kilmeade filling in for um, Tucker Carlson the evening of Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. It's... um, Less than three minutes and 20 seconds long. And if you've been keeping track of how politically correct 
Fox News has been becoming in the last couple of years. You'll probably be as shocked as I was that they let Steve Kirsch come on and talk for over three minutes about how dangerous the vaccines are. So here goes nothing. You know, for many years, Steve Kirsch was a Democratic Party mega donor. He says he's given more than $20 million to help elect Democrats. And now he might just be jumping ship. Steve Kirsch is an entrepreneur, self-made success story, enjoys us now to explain his reasoning. Steve, when did the Democratic Party start going south with you? Well, when they violated my my, my trust, Brian, um, you know, they told the, the agencies, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH said that these vaccines were safe and effective. And when I started seeing my friends die and be injured and I started looking at the data, uh, there was no question that this vaccine is the most dangerous vaccine ever created by man. It is a thousand times more deadly than the smallpox vaccine, and that's too unsafe for people to use. And I could not get even a single minute in front of any Democratic congressman. The best I got was that Ro Khanna uh, gave me a, to a staff member who took two months to get back to me. And when I asked if she had read what I had sent her, she said, no, it disagreed with the CDC, so it's not right. And so I didn't really read it. So, and so that's as far as I ever got. And, but you didn't stop there. You did your own research. What did you find? What, what, what did you find was effective? And what was the reaction when you put it out there? Well, I, what I found was uh, that hundreds of thousands of Americans have been killed by this vaccine and millions have been injured. And, you know, there uh, clearly you are more likely to be injured or dead from the vaccine than if you were unvaccinated. So what they're saying and what the reality is, is completely opposite. There is a uh, conservative radio show commentator. Uh, his name is Wayne Root. He had a wedding eight months ago and he had about half conservatives and and well yeah. half of his they're all pretty much conservatives okay but half were vaccinated and half were not vaccinated and he found that of the 100 people that were vaccinated he had 26 people who were seriously injured and he had seven people who died and in the unvaccinated group he had zero and zero so see, now, yeah, we don't. That know, like, is statistically impossible, right? If the vaccines are safe, right? So we don't. We can't verify those numbers. These are the numbers you do have. But in turn, the Democrats who you funded uh, exceedingly can't, won't, won't even return your call, including your own congresswoman. But you said you really believe Senator Ron Johnson. That's somebody you fully support, who's in a, a real fight to get six more years in Wisconsin. What about Ron Johnson? Yeah, Ron, Ron Johnson is the only person in Congress who cares at all about the millions of people who are vaccine injured. And my estimates are that there are tens of millions of vaccine injured in America. And members of Congress will meet with these people, but they meet with them and 30 minutes later they say, oh, you know, they'll look at their watch and say, gotta go. And that's the end of it. Whereas Ron Johnson has been just very consistent about bringing the this problem right. to the attention of the American public. Steve, his, his figures, because so he's, he's, he's awesome. He's a very successful businessman like you. Steve, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. Thanks, Brian. Do you uh, find it as remarkable as I do that that was allowed? I wonder if Kilmey got chewed out for letting it go. 
for not cutting him off. See, because the daytime Fox News, they bring on these doctors all the time. They're supposed to be medical experts talking about how wonderful and safe the vaccines are. Got it? So going back to Steve uh, Kirsch's Substack entry. News articles about the segment. Of course, Media Matters has an article entitled Fox News Guest Lies About the COVID Vaccine Killing Hundreds of Thousands and Says the Most Dangerous Vaccine Ever Created. Okay, Media Matters lies, of course, a bunch of libs. Second news article um, from Mediaite, Fox News Guest Claims the Vaccine Has Killed Hundreds of Thousands of Americans. And third, third news article from something called Sage Hana Substack. Um. I don't know, I don't know who Sage Hanna is, but anyway, it's entitled Steve Kirsch's interview on Tucker Carlson tonight. Rumble upload abruptly cuts off to a video game feed. This article is short and stunning. Okay, so Steve Kirsch says this article is short and stunning. Let's see what uh, the article says. Okay, I can't read the first sentence because it's an obscenity. It says, this may end up being a Sage Hanna exclusive as someone at Fox News or Tucker Carlson tonight may get to this upload and pull it down. I'll leave the link below for you to check. Steve Kirsch's interview was cut off on the Rumble upload to this, and it shows a picture of some kind of video game. What a perfect metaphor for watching a horrible movie as they try to kill us. That's not even the worst of us. That's not even the worst of it. Bullet points. Ryan Kilmeade subs in for Tucker Carlson. Dreadful so-called comedy segment precedes Steve Kirsch. Kilmeade looks like he is going to die of sudden anchor death syndrome when tip of the spear, Steve Kirsch brings up Wayne Root's wedding party vaccine deaths and injuries. Kilmeade desperately tries to steer Steve Kirsch back to Democrat bad, Republican good territory. Rumble stream upload then abruptly cuts to Asian video game stream until the end of the show. Someone at Tucker Carlson tonight, Rumble Department, uploads and apparently doesn't notice this or just says, uh, who cares? Rumble stream link here, pick it up around the 26th in the mark. See, but I got it. Steve Kirsch linked to the actual Fox News link. Anyway, um, it says, forget the technical glitch part. Fox News is so in the tank, so damn corrupt. Remember that this is the same joint that warned Catherine Engelbrecht to not talk about 2,000 mules. Remember? says, I will just bring up the obvious points, and I don't even watch this stuff, any of it. Fox News took the Biden administration cash to push the jabs. Remember that? They tried to shut down the coverage of the jabs' dangers. Good job, Steve Kirsch. All Kill Me want to do, like a trained seal, is funnel people back into a tired old red-blue divide, and they clearly 
didn't care if these injections are dangerous, or maybe they would have covered Senator Ron Johnson's hearings closely to begin with. Thank you! 24 hours ago is when I did the uh, the public service on that. No, no, seriously. If you have not listened, if you have not downloaded yet, episode 212, in which I presented to you the bombshells from Rand Paul and Ron Johnson's first ever Congressional Committee on Gain-of-Function Research, you need to go back and download episode 212. Not even going to lie, fam, for real. So, it says Kilmeade looked just like Megyn Kelly here. Megyn Kelly hits the uh uh-oh button in delicious interview with RFK Jr. Oh, when he started talking about the vaccines five months ago. Then he says, what an absolute crock of blank media universe we live in, and you just saw Steve Kirsch pull the covers on it. I already know that some of you are not going to be able to get past this psychological operation of the teams. Pay attention to what you're not allowed to discuss or just vote harder and stay within the fake two-party paradigm, even when they let you peek behind the curtain and show you who they all really work for. Let's end, let's end on a positive note, he says. Curse, you done good. Wow. Wow. That was strong. So anyway, Media Matters called Steve Kirsch a liar. He links to the article they wrote. And uh, he responded with a nice email. Um says, I'm writing a reference to the defamatory article, which claims I'm a liar. He links to it. He says, all the supporting data on my statements can be found on my substack at stevekirsch.substack.com. You should read through it, over 700 articles. But if you're short on time, you can read these articles. Here's my phone number. He gives that to him. It's blurred out here, of course. Once you're ready to defend your claims with data, let's do it on a live stream. I'd like to invite my hundreds of thousands of followers. I spend an average of over 10 hours every day for more than a year looking at the data, presumably. You have someone on staff who's equally familiar with the data. If you're not prepared to defend your statements, then you should do the right thing and you should retract your story. Or if you like, I'm offering you a chance to win $1 million by challenging me in front of an impartial panel of mutually selected judges. If you're so confident you're right, why not accept my bet? The terms can be found here. He also says, I'd like to talk about the Furin Cleavage site. Oh, boy. That was on the last episode I did. Download 212 the furin cleavage site as well and how it appears in the virus in a 2015 Moderna patent. Let's have Media Matters expose the U.S. government 
as lying about the origin of SARS-CoV-2 while we're at it, okay? It'll be fun. Media Matters will make history. Media Matters was founded to expose the truth. That's what David Brock told me when I helped fund the creation of the organization many years ago. Are you afraid to be challenged? I assume you are, since no fact-checker in the world will agree to do a live stream on any of their fact-checks about anything I've said. You should be ashamed of yourself for promoting the false narrative and refusing to hold yourselves accountable for your false accusations, signed Steve. He says, next step for Fox News, verify what I said. He says, I've invited Fox to verify my numbers. They can even run their own surveys with the same methodology, or they can verify all 600 data points I collected. I have the contact info for all the respondents. The next door survey survey I did, Wayne Root's story, and they can view all the polls we did. It's all consistent. Or they can see if they can source a single anecdote that is a polar opposite of Wayne Root's story, i.e. where it's the unvaccinated who were injured and died while the vaccinated had no injuries or deaths. I tried, and I couldn't find a single anecdote like that. Here's the proof, and he links to it. He says, maybe Fox will have better luck than I did, but when you have a ratio of 437 to zero that's statistically significant, that the vaccines are a disaster. Here's how the numbers work out. And he has a screenshot on that. And then he says, my $1 million offer to Media Matters and anyone else who thinks I'm a liar. He says, see this article, which was updated to add a bet about the segment. It's bet number 15. This is an opportunity for anyone who agrees with Media Matters to make a lot of money real fast. Note that nobody wants to bet me on any of the bets I have outstanding, but if I took the opposite position on each of these topics, I'll be inundated with offers. So there's nothing wrong with the process. It's just that nobody is certain I got it wrong on any of these things. I now have 15 $1 million bets and not a single taker. The bottom line is this. Some people have conviction in their beliefs. Others, not so much. Then he says, was Wayne Allen Root telling the truth? Watch this new video where I interview Wayne and judge for yourself. Since his wedding eight months ago and with 200 in attendance, Wayne observed 100 people were vaxxed, 26 had severe injuries, 7 died. 100 were unvaxxed, 0 injuries, 0 deaths. Wayne's numbers were confirmed in my survey of 600 readers and other anecdotes. It matched his numbers very closely. Was Wayne simply unlucky? Nope, highly unlikely. I've had, I, I'd have, I'd have had to have uh, cherry picked it from 100 million samples to find a sample like that. That's how bad the vaccines are. He has another screenshot, really bad. Even if Wayne is off by a factor of seven, and the death rate was only one percent caused by the vaccine, that's over two million killed by the vaccine. Watch this video where Wayne reveals an eighth death. Right before his wedding, again, the person who died right before his wedding was vaccinated. Wayne is 61 years old. Only a few of his friends have died in his entire life. So how can eight of his friends suddenly die all vaccinated? Presumably, Fox will be able to explain that one. No, they'll never mention it again, Steve. They'll never mention it again. He says, here's my interview with Wayne. Does this sound like a guy who made up these stories? 
and his stories just match the survey I did after I talked to him. Hmm. And so he links to a one-hour interview he does with Wayne Allen Root. He says it's even worse than what I said in the segment. Check out this survey on Gab. And so he's got another screenshot. There are around 128 million households in America. It appears from this survey that fewer than one in 1,000 had a true COVID death. So that would only be around 125,000 COVID deaths in America. Yeah, because most deaths they chalk up to COVID had other comorbidities. Anyway, that survey is directionally consistent with mortality data from New Mexico where five out of six of the COVID deaths didn't really die from COVID. You can tell this from the ICD-10 codes of the deceased. So the COVID problem is much smaller than they led us to believe, and most of the deaths are due to the crappy hospital protocols, which never change. Rewarding hospitals with huge bonuses when they kill a patient is a good way to bump up the death numbers as well. Yeah, put them on a ventilator. Why aren't any Democrats talking about that perverse incentive? Is America the only country rewarding hospitals to kill people? Ooh, boy. He's really getting into it, isn't he? It's true, though. I talked about when I was running for governor. And now we know they lied to us about hydroxychloroquine, too. This article just came out. And he links to uh, rounding the Earth newsletter. Harvard meta-analysis shows statistically significant positive uh, prep effect from hydroxychloroquine. Summary, Fox News has an opportunity to verify my numbers. I'll happily share all my data with them. I'll let you know what they say. Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, over at stevekirsch.substack.com. All right. I told you I was going to do it, and I did it. You've been listening to Episode 213 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers. But they love us, and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. Bam, that's the way it is. Thursday, August 11th, 2022.